This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Informer Daily is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. At Joy 94.9, we'd like to pay our ongoing respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. This is the Informer Daily for Thursday, the 21st of May, 2020. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Today, as technology changes the way we live our lives, we're seeing a lot of benefits. There are also some startling ways that technology can be used to perpetrate family violence. We speak to some experts about the issues. And we have your weekend update with Frock Hudson. But first, this update. This is Dee Mason with Joy 94.9's COVID-19 update for Thursday, the 21st of May. The World Health Organization has reported the world's biggest daily increase in COVID-19 cases since the pandemic began, with 106,000 new cases. This brings the total number of cases globally to over 5 million. This comes as the United States reaffirms their plan to cut funding for the World Health Organization unless the agency undergoes large reforms. The head of emergencies at the organization, Dr Michael Ryan, says the funding cut would undermine its organization's ability to deliver aid to vulnerable people. Brazil is expanding the use of chloroquine, the predecessor to the anti-malarial drug promoted by American President Donald Trump to treat COVID-19. The Bolsonaro administration acknowledges the lack of evidence suggesting the drug is effective, but justified its use by saying other countries are using it. COVID-19 has killed nearly 18,000 Brazilians and infected at least 270,000. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has still not acknowledged the danger of the disease and recently hired a new health minister with no health experience. Still in Brazil, the mayor of the largest city in the Amazon forest is saying COVID-19 is killing many indigenous people and is warning this could turn into a genocide. Mayor Arthur Virgilio Neto accuses the right-wing government of failing to protect indigenous tribes in the Amazon. More than 100 indigenous people have been killed by COVID-19 so far, but Mayor Neto says President Bolsonaro is not concerned by the plight of indigenous people. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian is continuing to call for the reopening of state borders, despite other state leaders being very clear in their refusal to reopen. Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan has accused Premier Berejiklian and the federal government of trying to bully him and other state leaders on the issue. He went on to say he will not be taking health advice from the people who allowed the Ruby Princess fiasco to unfold. Queensland has also taken shots at New South Wales, with Transport Minister Mark Bailey saying they would not be lectured about their response by the worst-performing state. Victorians have been dobbing each other in for breaching COVID-19 restrictions, with calls to the non-emergency police hotline averaging between three and 11,000 a day at the peak of the pandemic. Over 5,600 fines have been handed out in Victoria, totalling around $8 million. None of these fines have been challenged in court to date. The Northern Territory is now COVID-19 free with the last patient returning a negative test last night. The Northern Territory has fared very well throughout the pandemic with only 30 cases, no community transfers and no deaths. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network.
Today, we're bringing you a story we originally aired last year about the complicated world of family violence and technology abuse. It's a very tricky subject, and it may trigger some people. There's some resources that are available on joy.org.au support, or you can always call 1-800-RESPECT, and their website, 1-800-RESPECT.org.au, has fantastic resources. We started by asking Monica Blizzard from KHQ Lawyers here in Melbourne about what she's found in her work that surprises her. Full disclosure, KHQ Lawyers is the sponsor of The Informer. I think the thing that surprises me over and over again is how many people are, from my perspective, in a violent or a, um, abusive relationship, but they don't realise it. So understanding what, what violence um, or abuse is, um, I mean, I can talk about the legal definition, and that is violent, threatening, or any other type of behaviour that coerces or controls a family member or which controls the family member to be fearful. So its base is in control and in fear. But that can sort of flow through um, in many aspects in a relationship. So it could be financial control. It could be social control, not allowed to have close friends or family or socialise. All of those things sort of intermingled. So um, the first step is to recognise that it's happening. Um, The second step is to, uh, I guess, acknowledge that the relationship needs to end because sometimes that's also a struggle for someone in this situation. Do they? Often the people who are victims of family violence love their partner. They want to. They they want to be in that relationship. So there is a cycle of control and a cycle of violence. And um, recognizing where you're at in that cycle is really important. But if the decision is you want to leave, um, you know this is an abusive relationship. Getting legal advice getting psychological advice so when you leave your partner when a relationship ends it's no different to losing someone through death you go through the same stages of grief often the person who is leaving has already done the grieving to an extent so they're often in a better state of mind than the person who is being left and that's where that power dynamic can sort of interplay Um, but from my perspective I've got to identify the risk for the client Mm. Um, are they at risk is this a case where um, we have a rosy batty scenario falling yes. out. Is this a case where this person's at risk of being either physically hurt um, or killed? Mm-hmm. So I've got to try and look for the red signs, the red flags, mm-hmm. and um, and they can be asking questions around, has there been physical violence? Has it ever been threatened? Um, it's interesting to know that family violence can often accelerate during pregnancy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes. Um, threats towards animals is another sign. Yes. Um, if you've ever been... Uh, if there's ever been attempted strangulation, that's a huge red flag for me because it, it's... The statistics are something like you're eight times more likely to be murdered by your partner if they've attempted to strangle you in any way, shape or form during the period of your relationship. So mm. trying to identify the level of risk and then working out a, a safety plan. How do we get the person out and often that might be um, connecting them with services there are so many family violence services out there uh, in the community there's lots of government assistance you can get domestic violence support from the government Mm. there's a government grant Mm -hmm. Um, we've done some work with the Salvation Mm. Army to actually um, assist clients trying to leave a violent relationship and using that grant to get them um, legal outcomes so getting them intervention orders getting them parenting orders or getting them safely out of there so we've been trying to be a bit creative about how we can help people in real need mm-hmm. um in that way but 
our, our best way of saving or assisting clients in this scenario is, is early intervention, that is, before the separation occurs. So we plan the separation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, where we add real benefit, I think, is if we can get the, get the person an intervention order immediately, then communicate the intervention order to the perpetrator of violence, get them out of the house, allow the client to remain in the house if there are children, allowing the children to remain in the home Mm. can be such an important outcome um, so that they've still got their ongoing support. And then if we need to, my job, and I do see my job as correcting the power imbalance that exists, um, can go in there and negotiate for financial support Mm. to go in there and make sure the children are safe. If the children need to have supervised time with the other party, I can can either go to the court and get orders to that effect Mm -hmm. or I can try and negotiate that. So early intervention is the key. Um, and there are specialist people like the protective group who we engage to go in and then make the home secure. So they do safety assessments of the home. So they'll change the locks, they'll put in security um, systems. There are security watches now that you can get through a government grant that actually have a GPS tracker. So it, for victims that are high risk, there are so many things out there that they may not be aware of. So just making sure that they are mm. aware of what's available and the support they have. We'll have more after this. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We're returning back to our story on family violence and technology abuse. If it's a topic that is causing you distress or you need some help, we have resources available on joy.org.au. There's also 1-800-RESPECT and their website 1800respect.org.au. We spoke to Annabelle Daniel, the CEO of Women's Community Shelters. Her organization runs four community shelters in New South Wales. We asked about how technological abuse was changing their work. The the increasing use of of what we call technological abuse um, is something that we deal with as part of our core business when we're, we're responding to domestic and family violence. And these kinds of things can include um, phones that have been, um, phones that have been tampered with, uh, without, you know, without uh, a woman knowing um, and with spyware inserted on there to record or track um, text messages, location settings, you know, on other forms of communication so that the um, abusive partner would always know where she is and who she's talking to. Um, there's also a rise in the use of, you know, of, of things like of tiles or tracking devices, you know, small things that can be attached to a key ring or placed in an invisible part of a car um, and then their location will transmit back to you know, to, to somebody who could be watching that. Um, and, and obviously, too, what, what, we will, what we also see is, as we have uh, greater use of internet-enabled technology at home is devices such as Pervoos, um, you know, Google Alexa, those kinds of things that are increasingly used to, um, to potentially record and surveil the actions of, um, of uh, women and children who are living in abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. What proportion of the women who use your shelters are dealing with technological abuse? Um, it's hard to get an exact figure, but it's a significant enough proportion that we need to do a risk assessment with everybody that we admit. Um, so it's actually part of our part of our um, entry and intake procedures will include questions around that kind of thing and, and talking to people about what devices they have and whether they've ever had a sense that they are being tracked or, or what have you. And, you know, in these days that can include that, that whole gamut of things, not just the phone, but things like smartwatches as well. So it's a significant enough issue that we have to talk to every client about it. 
Rosalie O'Neill is a senior advisor from the Office of the Federal Children's E-Safety Commissioner, and she explained that virtually all cases of family violence involve a component of technological abuse. Um, it is something that we see as part of the work we, we're doing with um, domestic and family violence frontline workers. We have, uh, play an an important role in training um, DV frontline workers to recognise what we call technology-facilitated abuse um, and so that they can um, build that into their safety planning with their clients um, and to make sure that their clients are aware that technology can and, in fact, in most cases is being used to perpetuate their whole cycle of of domestic violence and domestic abuse. Um, We know that um, from... You know, research that was done a couple of years ago that pretty much all cases of domestic and family violence have a technology component. Um, it's not all offline or physical violence. There's also uh, the use of technology to um, threaten, um, to harass, mm-hmm. to and to monitor and and you know basically keep someone under surveillance or to stalk them um, as part of the DV cycle. The scale of tech abuse can be quite hard to get your head around. Toby Halligan spoke to Stephen Wilson, the CEO of Protective Group, who brought in a range of the types of devices that can be used in tech abuse. So, Steve, we've been talking through the different kinds of technology that people can use to to track and monitor and film and, you know, interfere with people's emails and a whole variety of things. Can you talk through, you've brought in a whole variety of kind of tech and things into the studio. What do we, what do we have here? What are the kinds of examples of devices people use? Yeah, so... So firstly, I think when we, when we talk tech abuse, a lot of people think um, it's more around putting something on someone's social media, Facebook page, or it's more about texting. Tech abuse has gone the next dimension, where it's more also now about trackers, listening devices, hidden cameras, and spyware. So what I've brought in today is, a, is an example, a sample of a... That's a tracker that was found underneath a car. So that, that's one that uses a magnet... Magnetic or a stick bottom it's just underneath a the small car. black box. Like yeah. it's pretty innocuous. Like if I saw that in my car, I wouldn't. I'd just assume it was meant to be part of the part of the car. Correct. If you even saw it, because it can be stuck up underneath the wheel hubs, in bumper bars, or underneath the chassis. So they can be put anywhere. This is a similar one. Another tracker. It's again. It's even smaller. That one can just sit inside the car. This is kind of the size of what a large matchbox, maybe, or yeah. like a matchbox car. Even like this is a really small. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Look, they they get even smaller. You can get them down to something the size of a fifty cent piece. Um, Do you mind if I take a picture? Of it? No, go Sorry, for it. Yeah, can. for sure. D- down to the size of a, a fifty cent, cent piece. piece. Yeah, mm. and um, probably easy enough to conceal in uh, kids' teddy bears, someone's oh shoes. I've heard of one where a lady actually had to put into a walking stick, so that he was following her everywhere. This little one here, this is a hidden camera. So it's just a matter of this plugs into a charge and you hide it behind a wall and you stick that little part at the end there, at the end of the black black wire there. That would poke out through a PowerPoint or a hole in the wall or through something in the roof and they can log into that through the app on the uh, the web and they can watch everything that um, someone's doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so this is like, uh, again, to just describe this, this is this is even smaller than the previous one. I mean, like you say, that's that's not that much. It's a bit wider, but it's about the size of a 50 cent piece overall Correct. when you look at it. And it's small, it's black, it's innocuous. It just looks like a bit of gear. And the camera, you wouldn't notice in, no, a, in a wall no. or near something, would you? And, and what kind of, like, is this this stuff, I mean, feels a bit James Bondy to to me because I'm cool and down with the kids mm. clearly and up to date. But <laughs> how how expensive is this kind of stuff? Oh, you can buy it from $20. 
20 or $30 upwards. You can The, the small tile ones, the trackers, are only, I think, $32 off the internet. You can have a turnaround in a couple of days. So, so when I say tech abuse, I talk tech abuse in the, the social media abuse or the texting of messages or the phone calls mm-hmm. is one form. The next form is these physical trackers, listening devices, cameras, drones. We found a drone that was positioned 25 metres above a lady's skylight. So the ex-partner had sent the drone up above her skylight and filmed her in bed. Um, and the drone actually recorded that visual and took photos and um yes that drone came into our possession so as i say tech abuse through social media abuse through trackers and drones Mm. and then the next one is the spyware Mm. which uh, can be put onto someone's phone and then you can virtually take full operation of the phone so for for some apps are for free some apps are a couple hundred bucks you put onto someone's phone you can then do everything they can do so you can read their emails their text messages you can listen to their conversations you can look at their camera their photos um, and you can set it up so if they use certain keywords so if they send a friend a text or their lawyer an email and say um, regarding uh, family court that would be programmed in so if the word family court came up it then sends an alert to the perpetrator who comes up on his computer and he can see where she is as well as read her messages oh yeah. and and you were saying as well uh, uh I think Monica was saying before it's possible for people to like delete emails and you know actually so yeah, it's not correct. just monitoring things. It's not just monitoring. Yeah, you have the ability to do that. And then of course, uh, when the when the and we're talking mainly family violence, when the victim, you know, the victim survivor is not aware that that's on her phone, then she appears that she's being gaslighted. So she's she's he's preempting. So he he would send her a text message saying. How did your uh, meeting go with your solicitor at 10 o'clock this morning? She thinks, well, how did he know? Is he following him? No, mm-hmm. he's read her emails. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. And is, so is this something uh, that uh, you see with um, members of the LGBTIQ plus community as well? Yes. Mm, right. Yes. Yeah. And I think even, I might have mentioned on the phone the other day, even last week we saw two clients from, from the community that um, yeah, both going through tech abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So w- what I often say, and I've spoken to Monica about it before, that we started doing this seven years ago. So we're former detectives and about seven years ago we sort of fell in this space of trying to work out how to help vulnerable people and we got contracts with the Salvation Army and some others and, um, and police across the country. Mm-hmm. So it was all about um, looking at responses to keep people safe. But mm-hmm. six or seven years ago, most of the referrals we got, we get about 60 to 100 a week now, most of the referrals we got were around physical abuse, sexual mm-hmm. abuse. Now, six out of 10 are tech abuse. If you need to speak with someone or might be triggered by this, please do visit joy.org.au slash support or 1-800-RESPECT for help, advice, and more resources. Tomorrow, we continue the story. How do you fight back against this? There are some ways that may surprise you. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now I know what you're all starting to think. Restrictions are starting to lift. Things are going to change just as winter's right around the corner. And sure, we're having a little elements here and there lifted and changes to the way in which we're doing things. But there's something we all still need to be mindful of social distancing and home isolating. And that's why your weekly roundup of what's on this weekend with Frock Hudson is so important here on the Informer Daily. 
Hi everyone, it's me, Frog Hudson, and I'm going to be letting you know all the Australian LGBTIQA plus entertainment that you can stream from your device, from your computer, from your iPad, from whatever, into your very own home or wherever you might be staying while you're self-isolating. Now, please remember that all the times that I'm listing are Australian Eastern Standard Time. So if you're in another time zone, please do the maths yourself because I can't. Now, it's a very big list, and I'm going to try to get everything I possibly can into this update. But if you want to see the full listing, you can check it out on my Facebook page. Just look for Frog Hudson. Now, let's dive into the list. What's going on on Friday? From 10am, you can join Betty Grumble for a Grumble Boogie over on her Facebook page, where you can connect to your body and your soul through movement with the whole family. From 1pm, head to the Q News Facebook page for Diamond's Drag Queen Storytime. A great way to entertain the kids on your Friday afternoon and give yourself a little bit of a break. Then from 1.30, catch the lunchtime lockdown with Penetration and DJ Dan Murphy on Dan Murphy's Facebook page. Then at 5pm every single Friday, the National Association of People Living with HIV Australia has created a fun space for people living with HIV to have a yarn, unwind and come together in a safe and inclusive and dynamic virtual one hour of entertainment with the gorgeous Vanessa Wagner hosting via Zoom. If you want to know any of the details, you'll have to register. Just head to napwha.org.au. That's NAPWA, napwha.org.au to register or you can get in touch with Charlie Treadway the project officer and community engagement liaison for all the information. From 5.30 say hey to Lisa Mann on Friday with Drinking With Wigs one hour of interactive entertainment with something stupid on your head. From 7, Varushka Darling has the next instalment from Let's Talk About Sex all the way from Sydney on her Facebook page. And then, Friday night, Geelong Piano Bar has something very, very special. With Kate Daly singing hits by one of music's most enduring, beloved, successful and rocking bands. It's Fleetwood Mac and I can't wait to see it on the Piano Bar Geelong Facebook page. Now, every Friday, Melbourne Rubber have been highlighting a member of their community to the world via their Instagram in isolation. And this Friday, it's the lovely Stephen. Why not pop in, see the chat, and then join the shiny community for a Zoom chat afterwards via their Facebook group. We might not be able to leave the house, but Ruby Tube brings the awesome tunes from Ruby straight into your living room where you can dance the night away on Friday with a stay-at-home house party. And who could forget Vaudeville Drag Cabaret Restaurant hosting Fabulous Fridays with the Vixens via their Facebook stream. Get your Friday fix of Penetration with Frightful Fridays, where you can see Penny getting ready and doing some awesome numbers and interacting. And then watch the drag show that's also a game show with the Beastie Girls via their YouTube channel this Friday night, where they're going to be reliving drag show, the game show, the performance they did during the Melbourne Fringe last year. And you can relive this year's Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras Party with DJ Jolby and DJ Nate, who'll be kicking off your weekend, recreating their headline sets with our performances by Sam Smith and all the other artists. Still, it's going to be fantastic over on DJ Jolby's Twitch. Of course, who could forget about Lance de Boyle and Gabriella Labucci on Lance TV from 9pm on Facebook and digitally via Channel 31. I wonder who this week's guest's going to be. And don't miss Lexi Gaga live in her living room on Instagram from 9.30 on Friday night with special guest Tequila Mockingbird standing 1.5 metres away 
in the hallway. Then on Saturday, join Drum and Street Services Queerspace hosting a free online exercise program in partnership with Fearless Movement Collective, which you can access on their Facebook page whenever you like and put the physical into physical distancing from the comfort of your own home. Then at 12pm, say hi to Lisa Sky over on her Instagram and Facebook page for the Noona We All Wanted as she speaks to a guest and gives us a fun hour of entertainment. Then at 2pm, join Annie Depressant on her Instagram live feed for Drag Queen Storytime. And from 5pm, DJ Dan Murphy recreates the set he played at the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras Party in 2014 at the RHI. Now, when he did it, it was from 2am to 5am with shows by Tina Arena, Courtney Act and Samantha Jade. But he's going to be streaming it via Facebook, Twitch and YouTube from 5pm on Saturday so that we can all be a part of it at a reasonable time. Then settle into your Saturday nights with Piano Bar Geelong, their Saturday night party with entertainers Andy Popjoy and Joss Russell. You can make requests, I feel like a little bit of Enya. Then get ready for a camp old time with Stonewall Hotel as they bring the iconic life of this Oxford Street location straight into your device with Stonewall Life. It's gonna be camp and sure the clubs may be closed but that doesn't stop DJ Argonaut hitting the decks on a Saturday night for another live stream bringing your favourite dance floor anthem straight into your living room. The fabulous Vixens of Votavala are back hosting Saturdays with the Vixens. Of course Ruby Tube is back for another night of the best trance you can expect. And Pride of our Footscray Community Bar aren't just spreading Pride in the West, but everywhere thanks to Pride Live TV. At 8pm, why not enjoy Dragioki with Dakota Fanny on her Facebook page? And don't forget about Poof Doof Live, spinning tunes from 9pm till late every single Saturday night. Then the fun continues on Sunday. From 1pm, why not join Polly Filler for In Bed With My Doona? Then N dives onto the decks from Brisbane, streaming great tunes from 1pm till 6 with Collada Sundays. From 5pm, join BM Heels on their Facebook page for Wig Out Saturdays with chats, entertainment and a whole heap of camp fun. DJ Kate Munro will be hitting the decks from 5pm over on their Twitch with a dance-tastic mix of music for all of us to enjoy. The Laird Hotel hosts its Sunday social isolation via Zoom from 5pm. Gay Life Drawing Melbourne return this Sunday with a life drawing via Zoom. You don't have to be in Melbourne to access it. You can access it from anywhere with model Ezra Mishka celebrating their body positivity and you can draw all of its beauty. Then from 6.30, enjoy DJ Dan Murphy and Minnie Cooper diving into the previous day's Drag Race episode with superfans Michael Whelan, Tony Hamlin and Lisa Mann. Then on Sunday, enjoy Pitch Please from Piano Barge Along with their fabulous drag performance. I wonder who we're going to get this Sunday. And Eurovision might be over, but that hasn't stopped Styled by Esther and Siren Entertainment, who are showcasing some of Melbourne's best LGBTIQA plus entertainers. I'm sure my invite just got lost in the mail. Over on Styled by Esther's Facebook page. Eurovision may be done, but it's time for Eurovision. Enjoy all the fun from 7pm. Don't forget about Hans the German from 7.30, joining us live from their home, just when you thought it was safe to turn the internet on again. Then multi-format performing DJ vocalist Lauren Nico has two hours of a DJ mix and rainbow UV fabulousness from 7pm on their Facebook page. And then say hi to Greg Gould from 8pm with a fabulous live stream featuring brand new music, celebrity interviews and so much more. Ooh, that was a very big list. But you know what? Every single week I love seeing this list get bigger 
and bigger. But I'm sure there's plenty of things that I've missed, so why not let us know about them? You can hit me up on Facebook, just say hi to Frock Hudson, that's me, and let me know of events that are happening, whether it's weekly, whether it's once-off. We want to share them all with you here on the Informer Daily, so that you can continue to connect with your community and enjoy the entertainment that we can all be a part of thanks to physically distancing. Just because we're isolated doesn't mean we can't have a fabulous time. I'm Frock Hudson, and this has been What's Happening This Weekend with Frock Hudson here on the Informer Daily. Thanks, Frock. Thanks to Toby Halligan, Sayushri, Nicholas Kamenu-Sandri, Dina Curie, Emily Johnson, and Dee Mason. I'm your host and executive producer, Ariane Potts. We'll be back tomorrow. Mahalo. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. You can help us by visiting joy.org.au and become a member or donate. Any amount helps us bring you community-powered radio. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.